0: I'm glad y'all are here. Next Sunday, I think it's probably already been said, we have a business meeting. But even more excitingly, we are having a family meal that afternoon right after the business meeting. Business at 4, we're going to try to be ready to go by 5 to serve. And we need everybody that comes to bring a side dish for enough for you and your family. If you want to bring a dessert, that's cool. If you want to make some uh, stuffing, That'd be even cooler. Um, so, Miss um, uh, Kathy Scheip uh, called and said, do we have stuffing? And, no? Well, I'll make one. So, uh, if you want to do that, that's cool. But, but we want to be here next Sunday night. It's going to be our pre-Thanksgiving family Thanksgiving meal. And uh, I hope you can attend. You say, well, I'm not a member here. If you bring good food, we'll let you in. I promise. <laughs> and if you don't bring good food, you're welcome to come join with us anyway. So, I, I, I really hope that, uh, that you can that you can do that um, today. You're going to be opening your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. Um, If you're sharing uh, the Bible that's there before you in the uh, rack in front of you, Um, that's page 1174. Um, And today, uh, we've been talking about together. Um, We've been talking about being together and what that means. And we've gone through several uh, different things about what we're supposed to be doing together and in this passage, we're going to hear this word encourage or encouragement. And that's what I want us to talk about today, that together we encourage. And, um, and I'm going to define maybe what encouragement is in a moment uh, or try to. Uh, but first, uh, I have a great example. I have a note written to an eight-year-old boy uh, who came to Christ from an older member of the church. And it says this, Dear Stuart, Your Christian friends are so happy that you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, for it is the most important, and she underlined that, thing you will ever do in life. For some reason, I believe that God has a very special job for you to do as you grow older. But even now, as a little boy, you can still do many things to help Jesus. You can talk to your friends and neighbors about becoming Christians, and you can be faithful to your church even when others are unfaithful. The world will be needing great men to lead in future years. So please remember that God will be counting on you, in quotes. I shall be remembering you in prayer as the years go by. Your friend, Mrs. A.L. Young, memorized Matthew 6:33, and always abide by it. And then, that was in 1968, 1974, she wrote another note to the same person. Dear Stuart, you're a wonderful blessing to me, not only for who you are, but for what you are. I'm truly thankful that you and Rusty had the joy of winning two people to Christ. It was the first time I'd gone witness and went out with a friend, Rusty, and God gave us two souls for the kingdom that day. May you always use your influence in such a way that everyone will be able to see Jesus in you. I believe that God has a very special place of service for you as you get older. I love you and appreciate your sweet spirit, Mrs. A.L. Young. So if you don't like me, blame Miss Young. <laughs> I was eight years old when she wrote that. Eight years old and then 74. I was 14, 13, 14 years old. That's amazing. What? And I still have the notes. <laughs> That's the power of encouragement. That's the power of somebody believing in you when you don't, they don't have any reason to. When you're just, just a kid, quote-unquote, just a kid. You know, children are, adult, are are humans, right? And we're not raising children. We're raising adults. If you're raising children, they're going to be a child all their life. You're raising adults. You're raising them to be faithful to God and faithful in the faith. But those notes of encouragement meant a lot to me through the years. I come across them every once in a while. Something about this sermon. J said, well, what are you going to do? introduce? Us? I said, I was thinking about reading that note. He said, do you still have that note? I said, Yeah. I still have that note. Of course I do. That was a tremendous encouragement. I have a file, Encouraging Notes, actually. That one's not in it. It's in my old stuff file, but it's there. And I so super appreciate that. And sometimes, not sometimes, just about every day you go meet somebody needs need some encouragement. And they may be downhearted. They may be discouraged. They may be ready to quit. It may be even worse. You may run to someone that uh, is, is contemplating uh, taking the final solution, which is no solution. And, and so we ought to be aware of the people around us and be encouraging to them, pray for them. You may not be able to say a word to them, but at least pray for them in that moment that God brings them to mind. But uh, I encourage you to take a step, and here I just use the word. Uh, I would tell you, take a step and say, hey, can I pray for you? Went to the doctor recently, and, and uh, the nurse started telling me a life story, and eventually I got an opportunity to pray with her just to just to pray God's help for her and blessing on her and, and I hope that meant something to her I don't know I may never see her again but I hope it meant something then I want to read to you first Thessalonians 5 11, and and then we'll get into it I, I've used this a lot the last week uh as I've been thinking about this sermon and uh and so I'm going to say it again and, and you might go back up to verse 10 if you'll do that for me it's, most of it's coming out of 11 but it gives us just enough context it says Uh, Well, got to go to verse 9. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are, are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you're doing. In the greater context, Paul's writing to the Thessalonica church, and He's talking about the second coming of Christ. And he comes down in this passage, and they did misunderstand it. That's why we have second Thessalonians. He had to clear it up some more. But he says that God has not destined us to wrath. And that is that we won't get the judgment about heaven and hell from God because he judged that on the cross with Jesus for us. And, and so when we come and acknowledge Christ in our life, Christ, God's judgment of wrath on our sin was taken by Jesus. And that's uh, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. But in, in verse 10 it said he died for us whether we're awake or asleep. And that's a Bible way of saying we would say dead or alive. If we're awake, we're living in this world. If we're asleep, our soul has gone unto heaven and our body is asleep. And Jesus is going to come back and wake it up one day no matter where it is. If it's dust or drowned in the ocean, God will put our bodies back together and put them together right. But then he says, therefore, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. And then he gives them an encouragement, just as you're already doing. So he's encouraging them to keep doing what they're already doing. So that word encouragement uh, kind of intrigued me. So I looked it up and I have a neat little app and I can take the English word and, and hit it and it'll give me a uh, dictionary's definition of that word in the original language. And here's what I found out. The word encouraged does not appear in the King James Bible. So if you're following me in the King James, um, that word doesn't appear. But in the ESV, it takes several words that in the original language. I, I'd listed out four for myself that that we use the word encouragement for. That is a The word encouragement came in the 1400s, and it's a French-English mix of words. And, and the little definition of encourage, of course, is to, is to uh, help someone out, uh, basically. Uh, I want you to take this phrase home with you I kind of skipped over that. I didn't mean to. But don't let the, uh, do let the promise of spending eternity with Jesus motivate you to encourage and edify one another. That, I'll come to a passage that says that uh, pretty soon. But just knowing that we're going to spend eternity with Christ, encourage your brothers and sisters, right? Because we all get tired and weary in this world. And so, as we, as we look at this together, we can, we can understand that we're supposed to help one another to do good, to do right, to push forward. Uh, if, they're, if they're discouraged, they lack courage, there is no courage, we can put courage in them. That's an English trick on that word. It's not, it's not, I've heard preachers say, it's a Greek word because en means into, but it doesn't. That word doesn't appear in Greek like that. But we can do that English trick. It sounds like I am in courage. And so, when I encourage someone, I'm trying to put courage into them. But what is courage? Courage is not lack of fear. Courage is going forward even when you're afraid or discouraged or downhearted or or troubled. And so, this word, I want to give you some of the words in the New Testament. One word, it means to call near or to invite. You're inviting people to do better. It's the it's the word, it's the same root word that we use for the Holy Spirit, the encourager who comes alongside us, the paraclete. It comes from that same word, and it means to call uh, to call near, or to invite people in, to get close to you. The second word I've found uh, is a word, it doesn't matter how we say it in, in Greek, because that doesn't make sense to you unless you are Greek, but it means to turn forward for yourself. Now... That sounded weird in English had to think about that. But that means you're going in a direction that's going to hurt and you're able to turn and face that issue for yourself. You're going to deal with it. You, you know, on, on bombs that we set, on landmines, they have an inscription on it. Face this side toward enemy. And on the back it just says back. <laughs> that's sort of this word. Turn your attention toward the problem. Go forward. With courage, uh, the third one uh, is a word uh, we get enthusiastic from it, but it means to be in fine spirit. <laughs> now we don't talk like that anymore. But it means to be. No, I'm am in a happy mood. I'm good. I'm I'm effusive. It's it's a word that is enthusiastic. Someone who's whoo, They're they're excited. You know, they got their joy. We we say, and the fourth word is a word that means to support further. Like you gave support, but they need more. So you keep giving more support. You further it along. That's kind of what the words in Scripture that in our ESV Bible, almost all of those are, and as, are translated encourage, but it's different shades of it. To, to invite people in, to, to turn and face the problem, to call and help them out even more, or just to be excited, to be enthusiastic, to be in fine spirits. And so that's what it is. But here's a question, do we need it or not? We're back here in 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, and God, the Holy Spirit, inspired Paul to say we do. In that verse 11, he says, encourage one another. We're supposed to be helping one another face issues and obey Christ and to go forward. That's one of the reasons I read those two letters. I guarantee you, when I was eight years old and read that, I thought, oh, isn't that nice? And I might have even said, who's Miss Young, Mom? I mean, I'm not sure. I think I did know who she was. But, but you know, just in general, you may, you may not even know the person you're encouraging. And I promise, if you go outside your walls every day, if you go to one of the stores around, you're going to see somebody. looks like they need some encouragement. And you may not know how to broach that. But even if you don't, you can say, Lord, I don't know what's going on with them. But they look like they need you. And use me if you can. Let's bump, help me bump into them. And so, we are, according to this verse, we are are called in the light of, we have the promise of eternal life. That is settled. I don't have to worry about that anymore. I don't have to spend my energy worrying about what's going to happen when I die. So, therefore, I'm free to live life. And I can live it to its fullest. I can live it with abandon. Uh, The greatest athletes in the world, any sport you want to name, they understand that to play their sport, they have to abandon their body. They have to abandon the care of, of what they might get injured as they perform. Now, they take good care of their body outside of the game. But in the game, it's just total abandonment. They just let go and give it all they got. And that is a call, really, to the Christian to do the same thing. We, we know where we're headed. And in this life, we have turmoil and trials. But we're in to encourage one another because we have the assurance that, that Christ has already secured our eternal future. So we don't have to worry about that. But we do need to worry about people who don't know him. We need to tell that. So our actions and our words need to reflect that. Did did you notice each of those words about encourage, it was not just mere words. One of them is kind of a state of being to be enthusiastic. One is is a, 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 a calling people in, and you are using words, but... It's also to call them alongside, that, that I'm going to be with you in this trouble. I'm going to help get you through that. And so, in the first word in that verse is, therefore, encourage one another. But then notice he adds, and build one another up. Now, I'll give you a word that I like, but we don't use it in everyday language necessarily. But I don't think you're unfamiliar with it. It's with it, the word edify, E-D-I-F-Y. And edify means to build each other up. It's the word actually that is used here. He says, encourage and then also edify or build each other up. And um, this comes from Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. And the word means to be a house builder. The word edify means to be a house builder. What do you call a building, the front of a building? An Edifice. Right, It's the face of the edified structure. It has been built together. Does that help you any? Okay, good. I, I, need, I do need some response. Thank you. And so here's what it says in Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. So then, you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints. Y'all know you're saints, right? You do know that. I know saints stands for Sunday afternoon is nap time, but... You are no longer a sinner, you've been made a saint. And you are together with the other saints. We are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. The Old Testament teaching, New Testament teaching. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, the one that holds the building uh, uh, together, the capstone really. In whom the whole structure being joined together together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. We read our Bible so individualistically. I probably said this last week, but we still have that problem. This scriptures are written to the church, to all of us. Now, we have to individually obey it. I get that. But you need to back out every once in a while and look at it together. He's telling us that as a body, we have to build one another up, and we're being built into a temple to the Lord. We like to say my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And we're right. The Holy Spirit does live in us. This is a temple of the Holy Spirit. But this whole body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The church is a temple of the Holy Spirit. The church is the vehicle in which God brings the gospel to the world. And we have to do that cooperatively together. I got a report this morning about people being asked to serve in a difficult place and they won't do it. it, it, it it's saddening, it, it's hurtful, it's painful. In 1 Corinthians 3.9 the Bible says, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. The church is the building of God and the Holy Spirit is supposed to reside in with us. That the Holy Spirit here is here present with us. So is it, do we need it? Yeah, we need it. We need it big, badly. We need to edify one another. We need to help one another as we work in the building that God is making. And each person has individual talents and gifts to contribute into that building, that spiritual uh, building. And by the way, if you want to look this up on our app, I've got a whole lot of notes and verses on, on that. Uh, and you can, you can look a lot of that up. And then God does command it. Jesus did warn us that in the world you will have trouble. But then he followed that with an encouragement. He, uh, he, he said, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. In me you have peace. Peace is not the lack of warfare. Peace is a calm assurance in the midst of turmoil. That everything around me doesn't have to be perfect for me to have peace, just like everything around me doesn't have to be good for me to have joy. Those are gifts of the Holy Spirit at salvation. It's part of the fruit of the Spirit, actually, that we ought to be developing in our life. When things are in chaos, go, you know what? I'm supposed to have peace, and I'm going to have peace. And, and, and so we need to help each other remember that and do it. We are not meant to face life alone as a Christian. There are no Lone Ranger Christians. We still put people in those positions, though, don't we? We, we have a favorite teacher, a favorite preacher, a favorite singer, or whatever, and we put them up on a pedestal and like they are the thing. No, they're human, and they need encouragement too. And while they're encouraging you, they need some encouragement back. And, and I love hearing honest people that do these things that say, Man, I need your prayers. I need your help. I, and, and I'm not saying I'm as good as any of those people, but boy, I do need your prayers. I do need your help. And so here, here's, we're up in this place a body, the body of Christ. And we see that boldly on earth. Listen to what Hebrews 10 says, verses 23, 25. You're familiar with at least a part of this passage. But I want you to apply it in light of what we're saying. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. We're supposed to be encouraging one another to to love each other and to do good works. And then he says, Not neglecting the meeting together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. There's the word. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Uh, we have some friends that are visiting us. I did their wedding f- 15 years ago now, something like that, in February. And, uh, and the wife here surprised the husband, didn't tell him what they were doing. And we met them downtown last night, and that was the first he knew. So it was a great, it was a great reunion. And uh, it, it was encouraging to do that. Encouraging for us to do that. But... As, as we look at this, we, he and I were talking about what did y'all do during COVID. And he was saying what they did, we said what we did. Now, I don't know if you remember back that far to 2020, but uh, we had to shut down for six weeks because everybody was in a panic. It was more of a panic-demic than a pandemic, but, but we did. We, we, we did that, but our state denomination and other religious groups were petitioning the governor the whole time, hey we can't not meet, you got to help us here. And so the governor, they had some special rules drawn up. We, found, we got a hold of those. And it said, as long as it is, is your religious tradition, you can meet together and do it. Well, driving into the parking lot, getting out the car, and walking in to meet together is our religious tradition. So we did it. Now, we made it safe in here and all that. If you were here, you know that. Fogged everything between services. We did a bunch of stuff. But the point is, this is a command of God and we shouldn't break it because we need each other. And we, we tend to make, oh, Lone Rangers, but there are no Lone Rangers. Even Lone Ranger had Tonto, right? I did get the right one. Okay, good. Right sidekick. I get Mingo and Tonto mixed up sometimes. But anyhow, we are supposed to be together in Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, to do the work of God in this place. And that means we got to encourage one another as we do it. And some people are natural encouragers. You know, Barnabas, his name meant encourager. And uh, my wife asked me, where did he come from? <laughs> we don't know. He just showed up. It was like, everybody hated Paul. And then all of a sudden, Barnabas, the encourager, grabbed him and said, hey, I'll take you on. Come on, buddy. You're okay. Think of what we'd have lost if we didn't have that encourager in the scripture, Barnabas. So, we have to cooperate and love one another to build each other up. Remember... What I read in Ephesians, that we are to encourage each other. We are to build one another up. You see, I don't think I read it. Ephesians 4.29 says this. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. The King James says, uh, corrupt communications. Now, when I was a kid, my parents told me that meant don't cuss. That's good advice. But that's not what this word means, okay? Um, this word means the opposite of edify. It means to tear down. It, it, it literally means rotten or worthless. You are, when, you, when you speak a word to somebody that tears them down, you call them rotten or worthless. That is the opposite of building one another up. You read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, you find that the gifts that God gives us at salvation are meant to use in the body to build us stronger together. If you do an exercise, your whole body gets involved. And if you can't use your whole body, that part of the body suffers, doesn't it? And so, sometimes in a church, part of the body is not able to pull their load. The rest of the body has to compensate for that. But if we're being built up together, that's a possible thing to do. And so, that word edify means to build together, to build stronger. Uh, weightlifters do this. They, they lift weights to exhaust their muscle, but then they eat, sleep, uh, and take a break so the muscle can grow back, can fix itself, and it always gets stronger every time it does it. Well, the church is going to go through tough times. The church is going to exercise. We're going to get tired. But next Sunday afternoon, we're going to eat. We're going to rest. And we'll come back stronger right? This is the cycle God put in. He made our, us, our human bodies a certain way so they could make spiritual points about it. And that's one of the big spiritual points. And so, we can't corrupt each other. We have to build each other up. And we have to build the body together. It's not just individual. It's the whole body. We have to encourage each other. Well, how in the world can you do that? Uh, there isn't any one right way to encourage each other. But here's the thing you do. I've already mentioned one. Pray for God to make you an encourager. Make it encouraging a daily discipline. As you walk through life, just who can, I, who can I help out today? Who can I encourage today? Make it a daily discipline. Ask God to show you, who, who can I encourage? Use scripture if you're able. Uh, I've had people quote scripture at me when I was really down, and that didn't help too much, but it helped later. Because I still was in the mess and it still hurt. But later on when I got through it, I went, oh, God was doing that in my life anyway, right? Be specific in what you say. Don't, don't just be, hey, you look nice today. And that's, not, that's a compliment. That's not encouragement. But, but encouragement would be, hey, I know, you, I know you're doing your best. And I think it's, it's great what you're doing. I read the story of one of the great theologians that we know. And I forgot his name, so I don't want to say the wrong name. I got a name in my head, but I don't think it's right. And he said when he was a little kid, he was just crazy wild. And so he went into one grade of elementary school, and the teacher said, oh, you're so-and-so. I heard you are the worst kid in the school. He said, and I spent the rest of the year proving it. He said, the next year I went to another teacher, and that teacher said, oh, you are so-and-so. I heard you're the worst kid in this school, and I don't believe a word of it. And he said that woman changed his life because she encouraged him. And he changed. He became, he's one of our great theologians. Wrote a lot of books. I think it was Howard Hendricks, but I'm going to say the name, but I may be wrong about that. So if you come back and go, you got that wrong. Okay, I did. I already told you I probably did. And then here's something else. Just get started. Just do it. Encourage your husband. Encourage your wife. Encourage your children. Encourage your neighbor. That might be an act. That might be a, a, you might do them a favor. You might take them something. You might help them with something. You might pray for them people around you, people at work. Just figure out something. To do it in your family. Do it with your children and husband or wife. So we have an eternal perspective that should motivate us to encourage one another. Because, listen, I don't matter here, right? I matter, but it doesn't matter if I live or die. I, if I go, somebody's going to step up and take over, right? God doesn't need me. Make a billion of me if he want to. I can't imagine him wanting to, but he could. You can do it by a spoken word in a second. So in that sense, that ought to humble us and say, hey, God, thanks for using me. But you are important because you will encourage someone else. You can help someone else. And you can only do that if you intend to do it. So we need to commit to a consistency. We need to commit to building up our fellow believers and to faithfully meet together, to sing together, to stir each other up. We talked about singing earlier. Singing is an important thing. That song, did y'all hear that spontaneous applause start? (laughs) When the roaring lion began to breathe. Whew, that's the good stuff right there. That was encouraging. So, let me give you some specific things you don't know how to get started. This week, text or write a message like, you know, however many, you do the math from 68 to 23, whatever that is. 70 years? No, it can't be that. <laughs> 60 years, I guess? No, it's like 55 or something. I still got that written note. If I'd have gotten a text back then, I probably wouldn't still have it. <laughs> so if it's real encouraging you get a text, write it down and stick it in a file that says encouraging notes. But, but, but do it anyway. If, if All you can do is text them, text them. Give them a message of encouragement. Tell somebody they're doing a good job or you're proud of what they've done or you're proud of their, of their effort, of their work. I mean, the people around you at work maybe are sick and tired of their job. Maybe they feel like it's not important. And maybe you can be the encourager to get them doing it and doing it better. And then pray for somebody you know that's struggling. Let them know that you are committing to pray for them until that struggle is through. They'll say, you can tell me anything you want, anytime you want, but know this. I will be praying for you at least on a daily basis. And then do it. Pray for them if you're going to do that. We are called to be a body. We're called to be one. We're called for the body to function together. I, I, the reason we, bat, we usually baptize next Sunday, but we did it this Sunday because I wanted to do it, number one. But number two, I'm going to have an arm surgery this coming week, and I can't get it wet when Sunday comes next week. So I said, let's switch it. <laughs> but you know what? If it had to be next week, somebody else could have stepped up and done it. I could have encouraged someone. Somebody could have encouraged me. It was encouraging to do it. And I'm just thinking about my body is going to be weakened next week, and the other part's going to have to take over. And that's what it means to encourage one another in the body, to build each other up. That body gets weak. The Bible says, lift up drooping heads, be strengthened, dropping limbs, because your king's coming. And we need to help each other live the life God's called us to live. Let's pray. Lord, it only takes a moment to criticize and, and hurt someone for maybe the rest of their life. It also only takes a moment to encourage someone that may change their life. And so, Lord, when we see people who are caught in sin or are struggling in in some area of life or just run into a buzzsaw of problems, Lord, maybe we can be the one to turn that switch off. Maybe we can be the one to help them get through it or get around it or whatever it might take. And so, Lord, we ought to encourage one another. We ought to keep each other in the battle, in the midst of the fray. And Lord, we might be asking each other, are you still with us? Are you still in the fight? And if they're not, that we, we get them encouraged. We get them there. Are you still serving the Lord? Are you still being faithful? He loves you. He's still there. He didn't go anywhere. And we're in it together. Let's get through it. We're going to sing this song, I will arise and go to Jesus. Jesus is the great encourager, and he sent the encourager. He sent the Holy Spirit. He said, when he comes, he'll be with you, and he'll teach about me. And he's known as the paraclete, the one who pulls alongside of us to get us through. And then you tell us to be that, Father. And so, may we be that. We're going to stand up, and we're going to sing this song, but I want to invite you to come pray. Maybe you right now can think of someone that this week, you know you can encourage them. So if you want to come and pray, just to kind of seal it in your own heart and mind, just come down, come now, and kneel before God and say, God, I want to encourage so-and-so this week and ask God to help you do that. If you don't know Christ and you know that you don't know Christ, but you do want to know him, I'm going to be standing right there. You come and talk to me. I want to help you to understand what it means to follow Jesus. So let's sing together. You come while we're singing.